Welcome to Mike Ferry Strategies, the official MFO podcast. Hear from Mike Ferry himself, or maybe one of his speakers, possibly one of his top coaches, and even top producers from around North America. Agents, each week you will learn how to increase your production to develop a successful mindset, make more money, and get the most out of the Mike Ferry sales system. This podcast is your portal to expert real estate training, helping you become a top producing agent. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. I want to thank you for joining in with us today again. Uh, I am I'm pleased to announce that we have an incredible agent that I want to talk to in our Rising Star series. And we're going to spend a few minutes today with Miss Sarah Powers. How are you, Sarah? I'm great. How about you? Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for spending a little time with me in, in this environment today. Um, tell everybody that's, that's joining in a little bit about yourself, where you work, who you are, what you do. Okay. Um, I work for Coldwell Banker and I have since I started in 2004. Um, my business partner is Susan Fisher, who is a well-known MFO agent, and she's the one who got me involved with MFO. Um, I don't, I do want to know about my production. Yeah. A little bit about production. Where, where do you work? First of all, where's your marketplace? Okay. So we're in Bradley, Illinois, which is about an hour South of Chicago. Mm -hmm. It's a smaller area. I would say in the main county we work in, there's probably a hundred thousand people. So our average sale price, which is up is about 205,000. Mm -hmm. So it's a very affordable place. And um, as far as what I'm on track for this year, I'm on track to sell about 60 homes. About 60 homes this year. Okay. Yeah. So this is what's so great about our the, this Rising Star series is we have agents. So you're you're about an hour south of Chicago in a little place, uh, Bradley, right? Is Bradley, mm -hmm. and and the whole county has about a hundred thousand people. Right, it's very oh, small. And, and you're doing sixty. Do you know how many transactions happen within the county? I actually don't know that number off the top of my head. Yeah, it's a small I do know place, that you know, you my, 100,000 people, it can't be. Yeah, and we do work the, the county south of us and a little bit north of us, too. I'm any, anywhere within 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I do know we sell the most transaction-wise in our area, my team. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it one bit, right? You're, you're on track to do 60 transactions. And then you mm -hmm. think about just the volume that's there. You guys have to clearly be in that space, uh, selling the most homes in the area, right? Yeah. How did you, now you mentioned, did you get involved with MF, Mike and the MFO through, through your business partner? Yes. Yeah, so I was full-time in real estate um, from 2004 until about 2011. And then I had this bright idea. I wanted to be a teacher. So I taught junior high students and did real estate part-time. And after about seven years-ish, I realized I couldn't do both well. And I, I'm just the type of person I want to do everything I do well. So I came back into real estate full-time and Susan recruited me to be her partner. And then she sent me to a productivity school with Ron Cronin. And she just said, this is what I do. If you're interested, you know, check it out. Let me know. And I was interested after I went to the productivity school, but I had to think about it. It's a big commitment. It's a big money commitment. And um, before I joined her and when I did it on my own, I would work 362 days a year and I sold 20 to 30 homes. So I wasn't really sure. But after going to the January production retreat the following year, um, so it was about four years ago, 
I saw all these great agents on stage and how they were able to manage their time and still produce at high levels. And I found that very attractive. So I ended up joining at that at my second Mike Ferry event. Wow. And so really for you, it was, you know, time. You know, mm-hmm. you were figuring out how to produce, you know, most, you know, a lot of agents joining in with us when you say 20 or 30 transactions are like, wow, I'm not anywhere near that. Right. And, you know, the average agent does four today. Right. And yeah. so, you know, but what you what the the idea that got you connected was time and, you know, since you've been in Mike Ferry doing this volume, have you gotten control of your time? Oh, yes. I actually was at the Dallas Mike Ferry event a few days ago and he mentioned something about not working Sundays and most Saturdays. And I realized, yes, that I, I don't work Sundays and I rarely work Saturdays and it's so nice. I mean, I probably still work over 50 hours a week, but it's manageable and it's in Monday through Friday, most of the time. So you've, you've taken this, this transition from working, you know, 365 days a year, basically, right. To having Sundays off and not working many Saturdays and you're still working hard. But yeah. it's not it's not in this what most real estate agents in, in North America feel like they have to do if they want to succeed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that 24 seven. You don't have to be available 24 seven. I have actually in my voicemail times that I call people back and that helps me manage my time as well. OK, I hope everybody pays attention to that is you actually have changed your voicemail that spells out when you'll call people back. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't say call me night or day and I'm here for you. Right. No, it says I'll call back between 11.30 and 12.30 and 4.30 and 5.30. So, so what was the know. biggest shift you had to make to get your time and your life back as a good producing agent? What did you have to do to do that? Um, I had to be coachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was number one. When I first got into coaching, I thought if I'm going to spend this money, I'm going to listen to what my coach says. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes my coach will tell me to do things that are uncomfortable, they're challenging, but I know in the end, she's not doing it to make me uncomfortable, but she's doing it to help me grow. Right. And so first you have to be coachable. And then you started looking at some of the things. Was there anything specific that you can remember in this journey of time that, that caused this shift to move up? Did you just decide not to do it and stop or, or did you know what, what took place? Um, I think it's like about my schedule. It's about having boundaries. You know, and um, I think in life in general, you have to have boundaries with people, but also with your clients, because I do have clients that want me to call them ASAP all the time, every day. And I get to 1130 and I call them back and it's resolved. It was not an emergency. (laughs) So it's just it's a boundary you have to have. I like it. So it's important as a business person and a powerful business person to establish some boundaries, not only in your own space at time, but with your clients as well. Yes. I think that's, that's fair. I think they can appreciate that too. Right. So mm-hmm. in your journey with MFO, you know, you've been around us for, what do you say it was four years now? This is my fourth year. Yes. Fourth year in coaching in this, tell us a little bit about what's happened one through four in terms of your production. You came in, you were doing 25, 30 deals when you started coaching. Is that what I heard? Yeah. And then I went to 30 and then I went to 40 and then I actually did stall at 40, but I had, I had some challenges within that with, issues with my own own health. And then also um, my stepmom went through breast cancer and then my mom went through breast cancer within six weeks of each other. So I did have some other things going on. This year though, I really focused on um, learning the scripts, internalizing them, 
slowing down my pace because I am a high energy person. I naturally speak quickly. Um, but I was in a prospecting, I'm in a prospecting group with other MFO agents and I listen to what they sound like on the phone. And I realized the people that speak slowly sound like they're really actively listening and they really care. So I slow down myself. And when I consciously slow myself down, whether I'm doing the script or just asking follow-up questions, I notice that I'm much more successful with clients. I set the appointment, I get the, I get the listing. So that's something I've definitely worked on this year, but you have to really internalize the script in order to change your pace. Because if you don't know what you're saying, you can't change your pace quicker or slower, or adjust. What a great, what a great observation. And this, this just shows what your great coach, you know, Debbie Reed's been working with you on is understanding that full internalization of the script. And only then can you do things like understand, you know, pace or closing or listening. You can only do those things when you, un you know what to say. So it sounds like you put a fair amount of work in what's your, what's your role play and practice schedule like these days? So I have a role play group that I'm in that I practice five times a week. And then I have an additional role play partner, which I'm, I'm also looking to pick up more people, especially people who are doing more than I am, because I figure they've got to be better at the scripts if they're doing more than I am. So I, I picked up some cards in Dallas at, for some new role play partners. But the other thing I started doing is writing the scripts a lot more. I write them before I start prospecting. Sometimes I write the closes when I'm doing just listed just solds and I'm waiting for somebody to pick up. I'm writing closes and then I chant the scripts when I have free opportunities, sometimes in the car, when I'm blow drying my hair, you know, like just empty space, I'm chanting the scripts and then they become more natural. Why oh, this is so great. If we could get half the people that are involved with us to take that kind of an approach to internalizing the scripts, you're writing them, you're in a role play group five days a week, you've added a couple extra role plays. Uh, when you're in the car and you have some space, you're chanting the scripts. And mm -hmm. have you been doing that for, for a long, long time? I've, I've done the role play for about two years in the group. Mm -hmm. um, the chanting of the scripts and the writing it down. I wrote the listing presentation last year and I really had that internalized. And I realized that the July superstar retreat last year, that was the only one I had internalized. And so I started writing the other scripts. I okay. guess two years ago, I was writing the listing presentation. So then I started writing the other scripts and the other closes. And they do start to become more natural. Sometimes when I'm chanting or role-playing in my head by myself, I'm pulling out closes, you know, just throwing them in there for myself. This is so great because, well, and I can also hear a little bit of that teacher uh, mindset that you have, right? That, you know, I, I, I wrote out the listing presentation script when they asked me to, and then I realized that worked and I had internalized it. Uh, so I started writing out the other scripts. It's so yeah. great. Um, you know, if, if everyone was forced to do that work, which I know they're not, but if everybody had to do that work, the skill set of agents in, that are listening would go through the roof, right? It, it's, yeah. it's incredible. So then you went, you're doing this 30 to 40, and then it was a pretty decent leap because now you're in the 60 transactions. So was, mm -hmm. was that this year you had this big jump in production? Yeah. And the other thing, um, Susan, my partner always points out to me is I made a big adjustment in how I approach people on the phone. I, my motto is like every day, I just try to find somebody to help. And so sometimes that's not finding real estate. The other day I found a babysitter for one of my past clients, okay. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like if, as long as I'm trying to help somebody, so I'm coming from that place of service and I feel like people really hear that over the phone. 
So you had a little mental and physical shift there of, of this prospecting that we talk about that you're just calling people to see how you can help them. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, and you have to believe that you are the person to help them, especially when you're talking to expireds or for sale by owners. You have to really believe you are the person to help them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So there's a little bit of a, a dominating factor that you guys must have when you're in a smaller space like you are. You know, we talk, we have a lot of people that you know live in these areas with two, three, four million people, and you know they have you know literally thousands of transactions that happen a month. And then we have agents uh, like you in smaller parts of the world that are still succeeding. But there's a little domination thing there. How, what do you guys do talking about that? I mean, obviously, you guys probably are a little bit of a target for other agents in your market when you're doing so much business. How do you yeah. handle that whole thing? Well, I think uh, the big thing with the Mike Ferry mindset is you come from a place of abundance. So I always think there's plenty of business out there, you know, and it's my job to go out and find it. Um, I don't really care what people think about us in general. I know that I'm an ethical person and what I do is for the clients and every decision I make is for the clients. So if someone has something negative to say about me, then that's on them. Wow. And so a couple of things in that one is that there's this, uh, this idea of abundance and, and, you know, we all know most of the world comes from a place of lack, right? And you tr you're training yourself to come from there's plenty of deals out there. There's more than enough for everybody. Uh, I'm just going to get mine. And then you're not really that concerned what the other agents think because of the service that you provide and you're ethical and you do do a good job. Right? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I, I love it a lot. Now in your day, a lot of people want to understand now because you work, what, what is a typical day like in your life now as a, as a great agent? Okay. So at well, 7.20, I do my affirmations. 7.30, I have a role play. 8 o'clock, I get on the phones. And then I have from 8 to 11.30, I prospect. But I also have breaks built in there. Um, one specifically is actually with my team. We do a 10-minute call, and we, we each say three things we're grateful for. And that's a really good motivator to get back on the phones. But if ever during a break, I'm not feeling hyped up, per se, like I'm feeling... It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to get back on the phones. Um, sometimes I'll do my affirmations again. I'll go through my dream board. I will listen to the vault for Mike Ferry because there's something about hearing other great agents and coaches talk in the organization. I think that's why going to the events is important too, is that there's something about that that just kind of gets you fired up and, and they go, go forward again. And I think that's one thing challenging about working in a small market is Susan and I are the only Mike Ferry agents around here. Mm -hmm. So we're the only ones prospecting and you, you other agents in big markets might think, oh, that's great. But that's very challenging to know you're getting on the phones every morning and nobody else around here is. You know, you're doing what other people aren't doing. And in the beginning, it's very hard to go against the grain. You know, so you have to be reminded that other Mike Ferry agents are doing it. And that's why the prospecting group is so great because you're there, you're listening to them. And my significant other, he says, those are like your real coworkers, aren't they? The Mike Ferry agents. And I say, yeah, those are my real coworkers. Well, this is, this is so, yeah. And what's neat about this is that you, you recognize the fact that you're in a small space. And so you're not going to have a lot of, of other agents that are competing at this level that are prospecting, doing all these things, but there's a little trap there. The trap is they're not doing it. So I could also not do it and I'm not behind. 
So right. you've now just seen the exposure of the live, you know, the events and getting in with other Mike Perry agents and, and have that exposure going. Good for you. It's so excellent, right? So what's, uh, what have you got in your target and in your radar for, for the upcoming year in terms of production? What are you looking at? So I actually set my goal at 80. Um, and I think it's, it's over 20%, but I grew 36% this year. Mm-hmm. And I feel if I keep internalizing the scripts, I keep being consistent, I'm going to grow. Yeah, so you go from 30 to the 40s, then you make a nice jump at 36% growth into 60. And then here we are, put your sights on 80, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what are you and Debbie working on these days most? I mean, what, what does she have you doing? Um, one thing we've definitely been working on is learning my market statistics. Um, I study those, I chart them. I am an analytical, so I do like numbers, so that helps. But um, sometimes I look at so many numbers, sometimes it's hard to remember. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep them written down, but daily market statistics, weekly market statistics, and then um, her and I have come up with a script for explaining those in my listing presentation so that I have sellers that are really realistic by the time we get to the number, which helps a lot. Major. So you're diving into the understanding, not only the stats in the market, but how to deliver them to the public. Yeah an excellent thing what's the one place um in in our system what's the one place that you struggle if i were to have debbie on the call what's the one Mm. place that you you struggle a little bit with with adopting what we do so i always get into like at least once a year i get into this like mindset where i feel like i'm not doing enough and i start beating myself up. And then what happens is I don't do as much because I'm, I'm, I'm looking at what I'm not doing instead of what I am doing. So about once a year, her and I have to work on that. That's something that keeps coming up. Um, so I have to work on things like making lists of the things that went well today and, and looking at my wins um, coming from that place of abundance again, because as soon as I do, then it, it all falls back in place. And then the other thing I specifically have to work on is it's not so much about making those contacts. It's about the lead follow-up. So I have accountability for setting appointments versus meeting my contact goal. So I, the first week I had that accountability in place, I set four listing appointments. So that I need that. (laughs) Okay. So there's two things. One is if you're not careful or you've noticed once once a year, you beat yourself up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you start beating yourself up and that just causes a bigger problem than not. So you're, you're logging the wins, you're reporting all this stuff and you're keeping track of the successes you're having to keep, make sure you keep a positive mindset. Yeah. Right? And then I heard focus on appointments, not contacts. Is that what I heard? Yeah. Which I think from my talking to other agents and coaches there, it seems like there are two types of agents and one agent needs to focus on contacts and one agent needs to focus on appointments, which is lead follow-up. And I'm in the latter category. Yeah. We have some agents that don't make nearly enough calls, but Mm -hmm. they set good appointments with the small amount of calls they make, and we need them to make more calls. And then we have agents that will, if they're not careful, will tend to make too many calls for the appointments they set. And we have to have them focus on appointments. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just so true, right? Well, 80 transactions and, and, you know, we always hear the numbers of these huge commissions going to the coast of, of, of North America and all those things. And, but most of the agents are in the middle part, right? So you're in that yeah. spot. What kind of money uh, at 80 transactions, what kind of income does that represent for you? Oh my gosh, I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. 
Well, I can actually do the math. My average commission is 28.88 right now. Mm -hmm. So it's $231,040. Yeah. And you know, we th this is so, this is more normal. Like we're used to hearing all the stories, but this is more normal. This is, this is middle America, right? This is where, this is what it is. But you also think about, you know, $200,000, in, $250,000 in Bradley, Illinois. Oh yeah, the, you know. yeah. The I think the average home income in our, my area is fifty-two thousand, like with two people. Yeah. So yeah, you're making four or five times more than the average homeowner in town, right? You, yeah, you know, it, it's phenomenal, right? It, it's really it, is. It's phenomenal. it's incredible, and when I think back to like when I was a teacher with a master's degree, I made thirty-seven thousand a year, and I'll make that like in the last quarter, probably. You know. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's great. It's the Mike Berry system at work, right? So yeah. what, um, you know, what advice we always want to know from somebody who's a rising star and in, in your perspective of the world, what advice would you have for anybody that's listening today? Well, obviously, if you're not in coaching, get a coach. I mean, that is huge. But if you are in coaching, I would say, listen to your coach, do what your coach asks you to do, take that time. Because they're only there to make you better. Okay. So two things, if you're not in coaching, get a coach. Thank you for that. We, we believe that wholeheartedly where we come from, but if you are in coaching or with us, um, pay more attention and listen a little bit more to what your coach asked you to do because we're here to help. Right. Yeah. Thank you for that. Well, I have to tell you, you know, we could go on and on with these things. I just love these interviews because it's so much fun to see what you're doing, see the progress you're on and, and truly a rising star. So thank you so much for the time thank that you. you spent with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. We'll see you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Join us next Friday for another episode of Mike Ferry Strategies. If you like our show, visit our website at www.mikeferry.com. And don't forget to check out the Mike Ferry TV podcast every Monday for new messages from Mike Ferry himself.